things girlfriends share. Welcome to Girlfriend It, hosted by women for women on a variety of topics most relevant to our daily lives. Weekly, we have incredible, inspiring, and influential guests as we explore everything from why ambitious women don't quite reach their full potential to how we deal with the dailiness of life. Together, we will hear compelling stories of other individuals in hopes of one thing. How do we get to know ourselves? All right, welcome to Girlfriend It. This is Patty Lynn Wyatt, your host today with the Girlfriends. And we are thrilled to be here. We have an amazing guest. And I just I just want to go back and kind of preface this. So uh, this is kind of a surprise to my girlfriends here of how much they know I'm an avid reader and I love reading books, but I'm I'm big on thrillers. And as a matter of fact, um, Frank Peretti is is a huge um, author that I love to read, and uh, some of his books are just kind of freaky. And even my own husband's like, "Oh, would you put that book down?" But if you like thrillers, historical conspiracy, and biblical prophecy, then you are in for a treat because we are here to interview Terry Brennan, and he is an award-winning author of *The Sacred Cipher*, *The Brotherhood Conspiracy*. And the Aleppo Code, uh, the three books of the Jerusalem Prophecy series, and his latest series is Empires of Armageddon, uh, which includes Ishmael Covenant, Persian Betrayal, and Ottoman Dominion. And that being his latest one is the reason why we're having him on the show today. He's a Pulitzer Prize uh, winner and of his many awards uh, accumulated during his 22 years as in his newspaper career, he then started writing fiction and we want to learn a little bit more about that terry what made you dive into from newspaper like the news to now all of a sudden you're writing this crazy crazy thriller stuff that i gobble up so tell us what what's your passion and where did that come from they certainly are crazy thrillers um i was born a writer um that's the way i was created god gave me that gift and during my journalism career, I had a chance. I had an outlet for that. And uh, when I left uh, journalism and I went to start working down in New York City, working with homeless people, I had the itch to continue to write. So um, I had an idea. Um, I went to a writer's conference and um, I found out, you know, that there were people who were interested in that idea. So so I went home and started writing. And my wife allowed me to take a, a week, a, a year of Saturdays. Um, to write, uh, to write the first book. And so I was, I was working full time, but I had this idea and I want to try to pursue it. And, um, and that's how I got started. And just the whole idea of mysteries and thrillers, uh, something that I love. That's what, what I read since I was a kid. So I figured I'd write what I enjoyed to write and what I enjoyed to read. So that's how I got started. Okay, well, the politics I get because that's what you were doing when you were in the uh, writing for the newspaper. But what drew you into the Middle East? Well, that's something that um, I've always had an interest in what's going on in the Middle East. Um, uh, my wife is a, is a true advocate for Israel, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, it's something that we've had involved in our lives for a long time. Um, Andrea joined a Messianic congregation when we lived up in Albany. So um, that the, the desire to a heart for Israel is something that we've had for a long time. And 
as I began to uh, look into the do the research for the first book, which eventually became a series, um, I really got drawn into the, the uh, geopolitical uh, situation in the Middle East. And it's just it's so exciting. You know, there's so much going on there. There's so much conflict. You never know what's going to happen next. And and sometimes some of the things that I was writing about seemed like there were things were going to happen tomorrow. Um, and that's really what uh, what got me started. It's just a, a great um, it's a great area of the world to be to be engaged in. Yeah. Yeah. And and does she I mean, you know, immediately that evokes such an emotion when you say, you know, your your heart is is in Israel. And have you gone over there to see the part of the Palestinians of how their emotions are <laughs> with yeah. what's going on in Israel? In fact, uh, we went to Israel in uh, 2011, went for several weeks, and we had a Palestinian Christian who was our guide uh, wow. a good part of that time and um, really gave us an insight into what life was like from the Palestinian side of the issue. Uh, yeah. so we went over to Bethlehem and he took us to, to lunch at, at one of his, I don't think it was a, a probably a relative of his um, that had this little restaurant. And we just sat around and we talked. So so we got a taste of it. Um, and, you know, it's, it, you can't be in Israel for any period of time and not run up against the whole question, the Palestinian question, you, you know, you run, you drive around and the wall is there. Uh, you have yeah. to go through the border crossings. Um, and uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's certainly part of um, the whole fabric of what's going on in the Middle East. Um, and my perspective, I don't take the perspective from the Palestinian side of it. I take the perspective from the from the Israeli side of it, but doesn't make the Palestinian side of the issue any less real or important. Yeah. yeah. All right. You're always a prophecy buff. Was it something that um, were you a thriller buff first and then you went into the prophecy part of it? I was always a thriller buff. Uh, I was really surprised when uh, when I wrote the first series that people started talking about it as an end times series and, and prophetic series. And I'm thinking, I don't know. I'm just writing crazy stories. I get these crazy ideas uh, and these thrillers. And uh, but the more I got into it, um, particularly with the second series, with the Empires of Armageddon, that really started out with um, this idea that there is these three ancient empires that are beginning to rise up again, the Persian Empire, uh, the Islamic Empire and the Turk and the Ottoman Empire. And what would happen if that if that was true? And, the, and they rose up today. And what kind of a clash would that would that happen in the uh, in the Middle East? What would what would be the, the uh, dynamic of that? And that immediately brought me. I was talking to one of our assistant pastors. It immediately brought me in the two of us into this whole idea of the prophetic. What would that mean as far as end times prophecy? What would that mean? Uh, that you know the clock has already started. So so I sort of got drawn. It wasn't my idea. It wasn't where I was going originally. Uh, but I sort of got drawn into it by the uh, um, uh, the content and the ideas that were that were percolating for the second series. So, Terry, I, I, I didn't want to get into the whole um, prophetic part, but, of course, Debbie always has to go there. So. It's my favorite thing. I'm freak <laughs> about it. I love it. So I, I do want to talk about that, and you can go, no, 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 I don't want to go there. But Anne Graham Lotz, at one point, stood there, in, 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 and I love Anne Graham Lotz, uh, but she was saying something at, at a conference that, in my lifetime, uh, Jesus is going to return. And I remember thinking that is such a bold statement. 
uh, because there's so much respect there for her and what she says. And she talked about that when, you know, the Israelites are, are joined together and what scripture says. What is your what is your take on that? Because she's what? 70 now? I mean, countdown is on. <laughs> well, was, the countdown started in 1948, 49, when Israel became a nation. That's the prophetic clock started. Um, and there's nothing we can do to stop it. It's running. Yeah. Uh, we just don't know what the what all the different parts are um, in this in this Empires of Armageddon series. Um uh, we write about part of what I write about is uh, this Ishmael covenant. It was a it's a defense pact, a, a treaty between Saudi Arabia and Jordan and and Egypt, the the, uh, the Arab countries surrounding Israel and Israel. They they come into a, a, a joint uh, peace agreement because they're all afraid of Iran. What's going to happen with Iran? They feel it makes a lot more sense for them to be allies than to be enemies. Um, but part of the deal is that they want to divide Israel into a Palestinian state and an Israeli state. Well. Um, there are prophecies that say you better not divide Israel. You know, you'll be held to judgment. So you start getting into that. Um, and uh, what are the dynamics for the end times prophecies? Um, I am not a theologian. I I don't have all the answers to all that stuff. All I know is that the that the clock is running. Uh, I think we're certainly a lot closer than we were before. Do I think the that's going to happen in my lifetime? I'm in. And Graham Lotz, I'm in her her generation. Um, I think it's certainly possible. Um, I'm not one of those Christians who want to see the rapture and come. You know, let's go. Let's all go. To, let's all go. Um, I like it here. I'm, I'm you know I'm I'm enjoying my life, so I'm not re- really really anxious to go. But if it happens, it happens. But it's going to be soon. Yeah, it'll be soon. And we see it. You know, we see more and more things happening. That you know, maybe we're getting near the end here. Yeah. Were there things that you wrote, Terry, back in the day that are actually coming true now? And you go, wow, I, that was just a book. That was just fiction. I wasn't planning on that. But yeah. it's actually happening today. Yeah. You know, um, the the idea of the Ishmael Covenant, um, this peace treaty between Israel and the Arab states around it, um, six months after the first book was published, after the Ishmael Covenant was published, uh, President Trump announced this thing called the Abraham Accords where the United Arab Emirates um, signed a peace treaty with Israel. And now Bahrain has joined them. And now it, there, there's a lot of noise about the fact that Saudi Arabia may join into that Abraham Accord. Uh, mm-hmm. might take a little while, but but things are moving. So, so yeah, I mean, some of the stuff that I've written um, seems like it, you know, it, it's, it's either going to happen tomorrow or almost. I, the first book I wrote, Sacred Cipher, the, the, uh, the, the plot idea that that really moved that was that there was a third temple was, was hidden underneath Temple Mount, um, that the Jewish people realized that they would be able to build a temple on top of Temple Mount. So they secretly built a temple under Temple Mount mm-hmm. and it was still there today. And, you know, the third temple is another one of those of those um, uh, trigger things that will that will issue in the, uh, the last days. So. So, yeah, when I was writing these things, I. I you think, well, maybe one of these days, you know, these things will come true. You know, some of this stuff will show up. Um, in a way, I hope it does. Uh, it'd be nice for sales, you know. If the <laughs> <laughs> so, so you can add uh, advisor to the world um, along with your author and now advisor to President Trump and the rest of the universe. Well, uh, I don't know about that. But <laughs> I, I'm an author. That's, that's, that's all I'll say. Yeah. So, so 
Terry, now that we've claimed you as the advisor, we are going to ask you for your advice. So what Girlfriended, our passion here is to help women discover their it, which is discovering, you know, why they, why they were born, basically. What is my gifts? What, or what are my gifts here? And we have so many that want to be writers. They want to do ebooks. They want to uh, just share their story. And you mentioned that your wife gave you a year of Saturdays to write. Can you expand on that? Like what, what are just the baby steps to encourage women that if that is your it, if that's what God's calling you to do, then girl, you've got this. Like what do you need to do then? Well, before COVID, when the world changed, but before COVID, the thing to do would be to go to a writer's conference. Mm -hmm. There are writer's conferences all over the country. Um, and that's what I did. I went to a writer's conference, a, a Christian writer's conference down in Philadelphia. And you go there and you find, you not only do you meet other writers, but you, re, you meet editors and you meet publishers, you meet agents, and you can sit down with those people and you can talk to them about your ideas, which is what happened with me. I had, I had one idea. Mm -hmm. And I got to talk to a lot of people and they said, well, that's a great idea. I had one editor. I was telling her what the, the story was. And she said, wait a minute, wait a minute. How much of this is real? I said, wait a minute. Some of it's real. Some of it's not. I said, okay, go ahead, go ahead. So I knew I had a great idea. Yeah. Um, and for someone who wants to be an author as, as, a, as just starting out, um, that is a great way to do it. If they ever come back, if we ever get the world ever starts up again where we can go and do things, then uh, writers conferences are the best way to get started because you meet people, you can you can test out your ideas and you learn a lot. They've got all kinds of uh, seminars where you can learn the craft. Um, certainly there's lots of books you can buy uh, about how to be a writer. There's too many books about yeah. how to be a writer. The best thing is until the uh, we have uh, these writers conferences, just sit down in front of your computer and talk to it the way you would talk to a friend. Mm. Just using your fingers Tell the computer, this is what I'm, this is my story. I, I've always been a conversational kind of writer. So mm -hmm. I, I, I write my stories as if I'm telling them to my best friend. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great way to get started. Just start, let your fingers do the talking and write. Doesn't matter what it is, how it looks, just, just start to write. And once you get moving, the things will, will start, the stuff will start flowing. Mm -hmm. Terry, is there some sort of mode you use though to produce? those creative juices to flow. I mean, I, I can't even imagine how those stories and ideas come to you. Much like when I listen to a composer and they compose a piece of music, I'm like, how in the world or do you find yourself? I need to like go for a walk in nature or they come to me at nighttime or whatever. I'm just, whatever I'm sleeping in my lazy boy, the, 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 you know, the, the characters come to me. I mean, tell me a little bit more about that. Well, um, most of the ideas, um, most of the ideas come to me. I, as I said, I had one idea when I started the, the first book and it became a series. I had one idea when I started this, this last series. Most of the ideas come to me, I believe, from the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm praying about this stuff. Uh, lately, I'm, I'm down on my exercise bike uh, with worship music, and I'm singing that worship music, and things are popping in my head about this. these are ideas. Uh, I can't take any credit. I don't really believe I can take any credit for the ideas that are in those books. Those those ideas, I think, came to me um, through the Holy Spirit. If God was leading me in that. I'll take credit for writing it. I'll take credit for, for taking the time to sit down at the computer and do it. Um, my wife and I once saw uh, Joan Baez in concert at Town Hall in New York City. Mm -hmm. And 
in the middle of the concert, she said, people ask me about my voice. She's got this incredible voice. And she said, I always tell them that the gift is from God. My God is maintenance. My job is maintenance and delivery. And that's how I see it. The gift came. I've got nothing to do with the gift. It was given to me. But I need to work it. I need to put it to work. And uh, and as you do the work, the ideas come. I, I'm an organic writer. Um, the, the story tells itself. As I start going through it, the characters are telling me who they are. I don't know half of it, of what, what, they're, what they're about or who they are. And they start telling me the, their story. They, the story develops. And I think, I believe, uh, I mean, I op- open myself and leave myself open to God leading me. I said, these are his books. Um, a long time ago, the Lord told me, write down all the words I've given you. And that's what I'm trying to do. So. Wow. Okay. So your lead, one of your, your, I think he is your lead character, Brian Mullaney. Yes. Now, um, is this like when, when my daughter was born, I remember this girl from high school that had this great name named Paige. And so I wanted that to be part of her name. Did you go to school with a Brian Mullaney? Do you know Brian? <laughs> <laughs> no. Good uh, question, Deb. No, that was, that, Brian Mullaney is the name that I really pulled out of the hat. Um, in the first series, Tom Bohannon, um, there's a lot about Tom Bohannon that is like me uh, because you write what you know. So uh, I put a lot of me into that character, but I ran out of me. I had to find out other things. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, so Mulaney is a totally different character. Um, and no, there isn't any, I didn't pull any of, of me. That, I don't know where the name came from. I'm not connected to anything, no. Oh, that's so interesting, because I've always wondered that about writers, if that's something that they go, oh, I remember that cute girl from high school. We're going to make her a character. <laughs> well, I made my sister's characters in this series um, and um, uh, made them tough with their, their, uh, some of the officers of the DSS, uh, the Diplomatic Security Service. Um, so sometimes I'll grab people that I know and use their names, um, but Mulaney wasn't one of them, no. Okay, so you don't ever have to say what is it? The the uh, names have been changed to protect the innocent. You never have to worry about that. <laughs> uh, no, I use the names and then they and then I tell them about it afterwards. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> so, Terry, do you ever get a writer's block? And if so, what do you what do you do to get out of it? Oh, uh, yes. Do I ever get writer's block? Yes. Um, most of the time, it's when I write myself into a corner. Um, I believe there are two kinds of writers. There are architects and there are gardeners. Architects build it all before they get started. They know everything. They get, and gardeners plant a seed, water it, let the sun shine on it, see where it goes. Goes a little bit this way, goes a little bit that way. I'm a gardener. Well, I, oftentimes I find myself out on the end of a limb with no place to go. I think, nah, that's not going to work. Uh, and that, so you end up with like, what do I do now? Um, but I've had a, there are a lot of times when I've gotten to a place like I don't know what's going on. I just don't know what I'm doing. And so usually then is when I call my wife, Andrea, and my daughter, Megan, and we have them come over and we do a brainstorm. Um, this is where I am. How do I get out of this? And they have such great ideas. i got to give them credit. They should get half of them royalties. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, really, they, 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 they bail me out so often. And that, that's how I get out. If I didn't have other people. Um, if I didn't have Andrea and Megan to, to help me to share those ideas to start pouring things in. Well, what about this? Dad? What about that? Dad? What about, I go, yeah, okay, that's good. Then it gives me a new path. Um, otherwise, I, I'd be stuck for a long time. They must love that. I mean, I think that would be really fun for a family to be involved in part of that in creating your story. Yeah. They, they enjoy that a lot. 
They do. They really do. Um, I think I think Megan is a much better writer than I am. She hasn't written anything yet. Uh, she's a mom. She's got lots going on. But one of these days, she's going to sit down. She's a much better writer than I'm ever going to be. And I'm looking forward to to to, uh, to reading what she's going to write. But but yeah, that, we all enjoy it. We all have a, a, a great time doing it. Um, they help me with um, with character development. When we have a character, what's that character look like? You know, okay, who's going to play that character in the movies? And that helps to think, okay, what, what's that person look like? How's it? And we, we do that a lot. We, that's how we we uh, we brainstorm. My wife's sitting here listening to all this, uh, and we brainstorm all this. And uh, and uh, yeah, we we all get a kick out of it. That's so, so fun. I would love to be at uh, at dinner with you guys because that seems like that would be my little jam. I would love that so much. Just go, yeah. okay, let's plan this out. And do you every when you're done with a book, are you like, okay, thank God that's over, and now I can just take a breather for a while, or are you already on to number four? Uh, amen. Uh, <laughs> when I finally get finished, it's like hallelujah, thank you, Lord, get me out of here. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I took a long break after uh, the end of uh, Empires of Armageddon. Uh, it took five years to write that series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were editing those books at one time. We were editing all three of them at the same time. Um, so there was there was a long period of time of writing. And then there was a, a really crunch time of editing the books and get, trying to get them in, in shape. Um, and when it was finally over, I, I had, had it. I needed I needed to step away from things. Um, we were getting near the, the holidays. I said, I'm just taking a break. And so. I, but I've gotten back to it now. I'm working on a, on another book, a, a standalone, mm-hmm. and um, uh, the, the, ju- the juices are flowing, and uh, and the ideas are flowing. So I think every once in a while, I think you have to. So I do anyway. I mean, there are there are authors out there who are cranking them out. They write a book every year, at least one every year. Uh, I'm not quite sure how they do it. It it took me a year Saturdays to write the first one. It took me four years to write the second one. Um, and this series took me five years to do the three of them. So I'm a slow writer. It takes me a while to, to work through it. But mm-hmm. and yeah, when I'm done, I, I, give me a vacation. Give me a vacation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Terry. Obviously, we aren't battling the same forces uh, of evil on the same level as Mulaney. But how do we, as Christians, battle against spiritual warfare of evil out there? Wow. Wow. You guys ask tough questions. Uh, <laughs> When, when I was when I was doing this this series, Empires of Armageddon, I was reading the book of Ephesians, and um, my wife gave me a uh, an NIV study Bible when we first got married 40 years ago, and so it's all marked up. But I was in Ephesians, and in Ephesians, Paul writes um, three times, four times about heavenly realms, and in the NIV study Bible. In the, the first time it's mentioned in chapter one, there's a long note at the bottom, you know, the study notes that they have in there. And it talked about the spiritual warfare and that um, that the ultimate issues that are involved uh, are there's this titanic conflict. I'll, I'll just I got a note here. Titanic conflict between God and the powerful spiritual forces arrayed against him in heaven. And when I read that, I thought, wow. There are powerful spiritual forces arrayed against God in heaven, and, and this this battle is going on, and that we have a part to play in that. Yeah. That the things that happen to the saints on earth here will have an impact on the battle that's going on between God and these what they they call it the spiritual forces that that uh, that war against God in heaven. I think that what we do here and how we live it out, 
how we walk out, how we how we uh, model our faith and our lives to the people around us has an impact. I have no idea how or what, but it has an impact on this cosmic battle that's going on in heaven. And that the things that we run into, like uh, if we have a challenge in our marriage, we have a challenge in our family. Um, and um, I would think, oh, yeah, well, I'm, we're having a tough day, you know, or, or we're having or this or somebody's sick. Oh, gee, it's a, that's not just what's happening to me here. It has an impact on what's going on in, in heaven. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it all. I still don't understand it. all. I'm still reading Ephesians. Um, but somehow we're connected. What we do here on Earth and how we walk out our faith, how we represent it, how we model it. Um, the the prayer that we have, the the worship and the praise, the praise that we give the Lord, you know, it's, it goes up like a like a perfume. It, it it's rising up and it's it's impacting that sphere. Um, so I think, how does that all work? I don't know, but I think it does. I think you know we were talking about the end times. I think that's got a lot to do with it. Um, how, what kind of battle are we? Want to wage here on Earth in our time in our days, um, and do our part. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of kind of tough question to answer concretely. Yeah, but I love that quote you just said. The praise we give up uh, is like a perfume. I, that is just be- that is such a great visual. And I hope that's what you said, or I just made it up, or I'm a better writer than you are, Terry. I'm not sure. Oh, you probably are. No, that's a, that, that can, I think that comes right from Scripture. I think there's yeah, a scripture. Yeah. Well, uh, see, then uh, you are really good, Terry. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, uh, an advisor, and I'm a Scripture writer. Totally. You are. Yeah. You really are. It, it, you could be, a, like, maybe a thief of Paul. We could add that. Since I think he's the one that was talking about the perfume. I plagiarize Paul all the time. (laughs) We all do. We all do. Well, all this credit should go to Andrea is what I really, this whole show is what I'm really hearing. (laughs) All about her. Really, I'll tell you what. (laughs) Andrea is the best part of me. She really is. Um, She put up with me for a lot of years when I was not a great guy. And uh, has prayed me and nurtured me into being a much better man, much better husband, much better father. Um, if it wasn't for her, I would never be doing this. Uh, she gave me the, the freedom to try it. And uh, she's been with me every step of the way. Um, it would not be possible without her. And, uh, and she's praying for me. And uh, it's the power of her prayer um, that keeps us, that keeps me going. So yeah, you talk about, when two become one, she's my one. You know, uh, uh, I get more in her. Uh, I, I, hopefully, there's more of her in me now than there than there was me of me now. So. <laughs> That's Sorry, awesome. You said that so well. You know, we we were talking earlier this morning, just sharing that about if we would take the time to respect our husbands, brag about our husbands, put them in their best light, be it to our kids or be it to the world how it it moves mountains right that's that's part of 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 who we are is being able to to lift them up and what a great way to end the show (laughs) hearing you
Well, we just want to thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for, I like what you said. Uh, you've, you've always been a writer, but you were obedient to the story that, that God gave you and you felt like that was the Holy Spirit. I know for me, I have had this book in my head for 20 years and you hear that a lot. I have people come, you know, like I said, it's like, well, I want to write a book. How do I get started? And, you just have to get started. That's that's the problem. That's um, I we only have 30 seconds here, but I wanted to ask you, you seem like you're an extrovert, not an introvert, because my excuse to not be obedient is, oh, I'm an extrovert and I just can't sit down and be disciplined enough to write that many days in a row. Uh, uh, introvert or extrovert, would you say? Introvert. You are very, very, very much introvert, yeah, and uh, um, yeah, I I would I could sit here at my computer in my office, close the door, and be in here for days, um, and not and not interact with with anybody. Um, and Andrea will will vouch for that, I think. <laughs> I think she's turned me more into an extrovert, helped me to to share some of the things yeah. in my heart. Yeah. Um, but no, I would never consider myself an extrovert. No, you take me to a party, I'll stand in the corner. Okay. Um, well, well, that doesn't help. comes through here. It really does. <laughs> yeah. Terry, now I have a better excuse to not be obedient because, once again, <laughs> I was an introvert. I don't know. But... I'm not giving you any freedom. You have to. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for being on the show. We are closing up, and thank you for listening to Girlfriend It and letting us be a part of your day. Thanks for listening to Girlfriend It because our girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It. Hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.